Hi, we are Ellen and Lauren. We are sisters, wives, mothers, veterans, and all-around DIYers living our best lives. Our families each have three kids between 4 and 18 years old. On this podcast, we hope to help you learn to do what you can, where you are, and try not to sweat the rest. If you want to learn more about what we're discussing today, check out our show notes at wifestylehustle.com. You're listening to Wifestyle Hustle. I have seen so many ways to make sourdough, including some ways that seemed really complicated and unattainable for normal people. Today, we're going to talk about our respective methods of making sourdough and hopefully make it much more approachable. First, let's start in with the trash talk. (laughs) I'll just say the first recipe that I saw for sourdough was a YouTube video. And I, I was just looking around for ways to do sourdough i wanted to i had read that it was much healthier much higher protein content and something with the gluten like the gluten gets broken down much more in sourdough so i wanted to give it a try because my kids eat a lot of sandwiches i found this video and it was this woman talking about making sourdough bread it was like an interview that she was doing in a kitchen with this guy who obviously did interviews often with with cooks. It was like a three-day-long process with engagement with the bread every 15 minutes for three hours. <laughs> and I, I was like, gonna oh say my three days. goodness, this is nuts. <laughs> and I think I followed that recipe. Like, I, I attempted to follow that. I followed it once. That's how disinterested I was in this particular method. But I've also seen, and forgive me, Facebook page that I follow. I've seen a lot of people on there just be nuts too. <laughs> it's a it's a sourdough Facebook page. And yeah, they they follow all they have all kinds of strange techniques that are extremely time consuming and like no one in real life could ever follow. Right. And rules like if you don't do this right, your bread's just going to be ruined. You might as well throw it away or people will say, oh, I, they'll show a picture. Oh, should I just throw this away? Is whatever Stop. overproofed or whatever. Oh, yes. yes you just throw it away. It's right in the garbage. Throw it away. Throw it away. I'm like, no, you're wasting food. I know. Well, it's amazing to me how many people in the comments also agree. Like, yeah, right. Yep. Go throw it away. And, you know, it's got 11,000 comments on it. And half of them are saying, throw it away. Mm hmm. And, and the, the other half tend to have some sense and we'll say you know hang on to it bake it try it and so some people have sense but most people seem not to yep and (laughs) you know i i feel like the people you know those people who are like just throw it away are are following a recipe they're following some recipe that they saw somewhere on the internet and don't realize that you can stray a little bit from a recipe and it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It's okay if you added 
one more grain of salt than it called for. Yep. <laughs> it's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've kind of talked a little bit about that before and the importance of a recipe. I think recipes are really great when you're first getting started on doing anything, you know, when it comes to cooking. Mm-hmm. But it is equally important for you to shed yourself of the rules when it becomes appropriate. Mm-hmm. So once you have a handle on making sourdough bread, I would say two or maybe three times into it, you're going to have a really good idea of what it's supposed to look like and, you know, maybe be able to stray a little bit from whatever recipe you're following, which hopefully is ours off of our website. <laughs> which we will have up the day that this uh, airs. We're, we're going to release this website, or I'm sorry, this recipe on our website. Okay, I think we should talk a little about what sourdough is and how it's different from a regular yeast bread that uses like dry active yeast. And so I, I think we should start with just talking about what our starter is. That's a big thing in sourdough. You, you always hear people talking about their starter. And if you're in any of these groups, they're kind of obsessed with their a little starter. Bit. We'll just talk a little bit about what that is. So if you're making a regular loaf of bread, you're going to use something like a dry active yeast or a fast acting yeast, which is basically the same thing in my experience. I don't notice that fast acting yeast acts a whole lot different than dry active yeast if you treat them both the same, but whatever. So the difference in sourdough is you start with a starter. And what a starter is, is a yeast that, so a regular yeast is a, a yeast that's asleep, basically. So you wake it up by putting it in warm water and it gets all bubbly and foamy and you put it in your bread. A starter is a yeast that's already awake. So it's it's <laughs> like a pet. A lot of people will name their starters. <laughs> it's kind of a boring pet that you right. plan to eat right. when you're done. Okay. You do have, there is a bit of maintenance involved in having a starter in your house. You You have to feed it. You have to watch it a little bit. You have to keep it in kind of a warm place, kind of like a dog a little bit. Yeah, except for if you throw a ball, the starter is not going to fetch it. it. It'll sit right where you left it. (laughs) Right. And so you make a starter. Really, the easiest way to get a starter is to find someone who has one who's willing to give you a little bit. And if you happen to be local to Lauren or I, hit us up. We'll give you some starter. It's, you know, we usually have some laying around extra. Yeah. So, and if you're not local to us, try a local bakery. They will usually have a starter that they'll either give you or sell you various. Your starter is you feed it water and you feed it flour and it bubbles all up and then it falls back down again and you feed it again and you make it nice and foamy and you want it super active when you use it in your bread. That's your basic starter. And the more age your starter has on it, the more flavor it has developed. Mm-hmm. An older starter is going to have a more robust, sour flavor than a new starter is going to have. If you're not a huge, huge fan, like my family is not a big fan of the sour, sour taste of bread. So I actually 
work to keep mine. I'll, I'll take it out of the fridge and kind of overfeed it. And it tamps down that sour flavor a little bit. Hmm. It helps. I mean, and two, I've also read that your starter is going to taste different according to where it was made and where it's fed. Yep, I've read that also. San Francisco starter doughs or starters are, are supposed to have a completely different flavor than like an East Coast starter. And mm-hmm. I, I've never had the chance to, to try any regional starters from or regional sourdoughs from other places, but I've wanted to. That would be a fun experiment. It would. It would. That's what makes your bread go. That's what makes it rise is your starter. Just like in a regular bread, your yeast is what makes it rise. Sourdough starter is the yeast of sourdough bread. Basically, you train your starter to collect yeast from the air, which is why it tastes different when you're in different places. Right. But you also have to give it a little bit more time. When you use regular dry yeast in your bread, it's going to be ready to go in pretty much a couple of hours, especially if you have a nice warm kitchen. Mm-hmm. But sourdough starter in bread, it takes a little bit longer to integrate into the bread. So it takes more like, I usually let mine sit around for about 24 hours. 20 hours. And Have you ever done no overnight on it and just cooked it that evening? It depends on when I get it started. Usually not. And I, I think my house is probably colder than yours also. So mine needs the overnight. I can leave mine sitting out on the counter overnight, which I know that sometimes you have to put yours in the fridge to keep it from getting too big. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think just all around, I live in an old house and it's a little more drafty than Lauren's house, which is buttoned up a little tighter than ours. The outside walls of my house are a little bit colder. My sourdough definitely needs an overnight rise. Say you want to make sourdough and you have your starter and it's all active and you're ready to go. You do have to plan on your bread taking possibly until the next day to be done. And depending on your house, if you are... I would say I've never made it in the same day. If you are the kind of person who keeps your house really warm, it's possible to be able to cook it that night. But like Lauren said, chances are very good. It's going to take to the next day. But this is an all active time. We're talking maybe 30 minutes active time, in my opinion, as long as, well, honestly, as long as you have a stand mixer. If you don't have a stand mixer, it does take a little bit longer because you are you do have to knead the bread. But if you have a stand mixer, don't, wouldn't you say, Lauren, about 30 minutes active time? 30 minutes of time that you're actually working on the bread. And I'd say that, yeah, I'd say that that's definitely true. It takes me about five minutes to get it started. And then really the most time goes into getting it in the pans. Mm-hmm. It does take a bit of shaping, which we'll, we'll show some pictures on our on our uh, website on how to shape it, how to make it act right and go into a, a pan. And Lauren and I both use bread pans for our sourdough, but you can decide to just bake a loaf, a freeform loaf. I think they're they're called bowls, B-O-U-L-E-S, I think. 
People use a metal or a cast iron Mm -hmm. Dutch oven a lot of the time to make them. Yes. Yep. And you get that smoking hot in your oven and then put your bread in there and it comes out nice and crispy. So it really depends on how you bake it on what kind of a loaf you're going to come, what is going to come out. So if you want just a plain old sandwich loaf, you're, you'd stick it in a bread pan and, you know, you get bread shaped bread and it, it has kind of a crispy top, but not, not terribly crispy. But if you do something like put it in your Dutch oven after you got it really hot, you're going to get a much more crispy, open, open cell loaf. That's not open form loaf. And that would be very suitable for having next to your spaghetti and meatballs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Actually, sourdough next to spaghetti and meatballs is delicious. <laughs> it is. Well, pretty much next to anything <laughs> or just on its own. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a little hard. Like when I make yeast bread, which I do, like sometimes I don't have 24 hours mm-hmm. before, you know, it's bread time. When I make regular yeast bread, it's good. But when it comes out of the oven, I don't really, I'm not that mm-hmm. tempted to eat any of it. Like that bread has a purpose and it's to be around some food that is enjoyable. But sourdough if you follow our recipe, <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to put anything on it. Mm-hmm. If you if it's straight out of the oven, it's so good. Yep. It tastes so good. Amazing. And yeah, <laughs> it's just really delicious. But if you ever do feel like you need to put something on it, a little bit of butter with cream cheese is, yep, that's pretty yummy. <laughs> Can't beat that. Something, and I don't know if you've done this, Lauren, something I want to get into probably this year is additions. This is one of the things that one of those sourdough groups have taught Mm. me is that you can put yummy additions in your sourdough. And I've never, honestly never even had sourdough with additions in it beyond maybe making like cinnamon rolls or something like that, which are delicious. Sourdough cinnamon rolls are the bomb. Yeah, they are really good people make jalapeno and cheddar sourdough and the pictures on the internet look so good i can't i'm gonna try that this year so be looking for that a little bit later in the year we'll we'll post some pictures and maybe a recipe for that cheddar bacon that sounds all right i would try that too i've made that in yeast bread but i've never done it with sourdough now i did add like i've added vegetables Mm -hmm. into my sourdough i've used um zucchini a couple of times squash more than once Uh and uh yams i put lots and lots of yams (laughs) in my sourdough i do make i add squash to mine quite often but it's not Mm -hmm. i wouldn't consider that an addition that's just how i throw bread together like oh i've got some spare squash from last night so we'll just throw this in my bread i know my bread so make it orange yes and probably more healthy I'll go with that. Maybe. <laughs> I know. We're going to pretend it's more That's healthy. Right. To rewind just a little bit, when you find a recipe that you like and you've tried it two or three times, by the time that you're done with that experimental phase, you should be able to look at a, at a raw ball of uh, dough and be able to tell if it's got too much water or too much flour. And probably the best advice that I've ever gotten when it comes to making bread 
of in general any kind of bread is that it should be on the sticky side it should be more wet than it is dry mm-hmm. because that makes for a much more fluffy loaf of bread i can listen to my stand mixer from across the room or in the next room and tell if my bread needs more flour or more water it yeah you can <laughs> is it working too hard right exactly when you hear your bread mixer or your rather your stand mixer struggle a little bit then it's it, it's much too dry if it's just spinning in there like nothing's in there at all then it's too wet and you know you can adjust yeah. it <laughs> and then, but lauren's right yeah. it, if if it's a little, you, you, you stick your finger into it or onto it and it tacks just a little bit, it pulls back just a little bit with your finger, you're in the ballpark. That's about where you should be when yeah. we're talking about sourdough. And you you want it to pull away from the sides of the bowl. You don't want it to like have a glom blob there at the bottom of your bowl. You want it to kind of stick to your dough hook as it's going around and at, Lauren's right. After you make it a few times, you follow a recipe, you will learn what it's supposed to look like. Be able to just look at it and go, eh, that isn't quite what, the where we want it. The thing about flour is it, every batch of flour is a little bit different. Some of them are, have a little bit more moisture in them. Some of them have, are a little bit drier. And so if the, you might measure it the same both times, but the second time you measure it, it might be from a different batch and it might not be quite the same hydration as in, you know, your first batch of flour. So you might have to adjust a little bit here or there. And you'll notice for a lot of bread recipes that they will say you're going to need whatever, six to six and a half cups of flour because it's hard to tell exactly how much you're going to need. So start on the low end and then add more if you need to. It's always easy to just add a little bit more if you need it. If it comes out just a tad dry, it's easy to fix. Yep, totally. So as you've kind of heard from our conversation, we we both use a stand mixer to make it. Now, another thing that was horrible about this video, this first video I watched, it was all done by hand. I just have nothing nice to say about that. I don't see why you would put yourself through that if you had a stand mixer. They also took the dough when they were done, like mixing it all together and put it into this tray and then did this pulling thing with it for hours, which I mean, it seemed like they were really invested, but it's not really necessary. I just keep mine right in the stand mixer and turn it on every once in a while. Mm -hmm. You don't want it to... Like when you look down into the stand mixer, you want it to be a ball of dough that's getting pushed around by the hook. You don't want it to be stuck all to the bottom of the bowl. And when the hook goes around, it's like pulling it apart. You don't really want that. But that's that's again a matter of how much moisture and how much flour is in there. If you've got a good ball of dough... There's nothing bad or wrong about using your stand mixer to do the quote-unquote pulling <laughs> of the sourdough. Right. Is that the way you do it? I actually don't do a lot of the pulling. I, I just let it rise. And maybe that's the other thing that you can do and instead of the pulling, which is I, th- I think what I do, is time. 
thyme helps that gluten to work up too, which is what you're doing when you're pulling it. Totally. You're pulling apart those gluten strands and, and, and making them chewy, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other thing that will do that is just time. And so I think I give, I give my bread more time and less pulling than Lauren does. And mm-hmm. you can tell by our, our talking about this, there isn't a right way to do it. it if you, No, there really is If you... You would choose the bread that you like. Right. Just experiment with it. And, and we do need to say this. You might eat some bread that's ugly. And that is oh, okay. Yeah. And maybe tastes bad. Mm-hmm. And it, that's okay. It You know, it doesn't have to be beautiful to taste good. Chances are good. Even if it's ugly, it's going to taste good. It may not be exactly what you were (laughs) looking for. It might come out a little dense one loaf. It might come out too dry one loaf. But each loaf, you'll get better at it. And so you you just have to work through the process with any, as with anything. But your family Mm -hmm. will thank bread. I guarantee that they will enjoy the fresh homemade bread way more than they will enjoy the store-bought, even if it's not perfect. And so we, yep. we're... Yep, it is. And and like we've said, you know, like a whole bunch of time, it's a little bit of a learning curve, especially if you're already used to making yeast bread, because it does take, it takes longer, but it doesn't really take your time, mm-hmm. like any more of your time than regular yeast bread. Yep. In my opinion. No, it really doesn't. It's it's about the same amount of time. It's really your hands-on time. It's just the mixing it up and then either putting it in pans or making a ball out of it to, to stick in your Dutch oven. I really think a half hour tops is how much time you actually are hands-on with your bread. Mm-hmm. And that's including the part where you're learning. I, I don't even think I spend 30 minutes on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I... Like I said, the first time I tried to follow this ridiculous video's instructions, I didn't really. There's nothing in my life that isn't a 15 minute increment <laughs> so that I can go like, and if there is one thing that is, it's the only thing. <laughs> Don't branch out. Funny. Well, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode and we hope that this will help you to be brave enough to try sourdough. Don't listen to the naysayers who say it's hard. It isn't. Enjoy the process. Eat the yummy bread. And feel free to check in with one of us if you need pointers. Until next time. Thanks for listening today. This has been the Wifestyle Hustle Podcast. That's W-I-F-E style. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Consider liking and reviewing our podcast wherever you listen. Share it with a friend. It really helps us out. Look for our new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. We'll see you soon.